perfection perfection is a myth perfection is the biggest myth in the world whatever you have in mind just put it out there and let the world decide but the only thing what i've been able to learn is be agile pivot at the earliest Today I'm joined by Manveer Singh Anand. While I was trying to figure out an introduction for him, the issue is that there are way too many things to pack in, right? And I've mentioned his LinkedIn in the in the description below, so you can check it out and you can read everything about him. But a, a few things that might be a highlight for you is that he founded a company called Night Bites a year after graduating from a year or two after graduating from college, which he managed to sell sometime later for almost two point five x ROI, that is return of investment. Currently, he is the founder and CEO of Night Gourmet, a top notch provider for B two C events. and he has also on the whim invested in multiple fnb businesses so a uh, pretty successful in the hospitality fnb industry if i might say so and he's also written his own book which was a best seller on amazon ranked at 1 and 2 within 12 hours of launching by the name of catering your way to towards financial independence like he's no doubt an expert in this industry and i'm so glad that he's here to share his experience with all of us right so guys please welcome mm, manveer yes. singh anand thank you so much aryan thanks for having me i appreciate that <laughs> and thanks for the people who are joining in for this session yes. i think it's a very good initiative we've been discussing on this but then finally you know we we've <laughs> taken this forward yes we've been yes. talking about this for a very long time so i'm so happy that uh, we were able to make this happen today so absolutely okay without any further ado i would like to dive into all the questions i have because i had a lot to be honest i spent mm. the most part of today afternoon whittling down the questions because there were so many of them <laughs> i couldn't possibly jam all of them in in one hour okay so um, great, great. while going through your uh, linkedin profile something very interesting that i noticed was that your uh, the time during your college around 3 years in college was jam packed with things mm. that you did be they internships mm. in various different fields at various different companies part of multiple mm. societies ranging from debate um debate mm. entrepreneurship road tract even a part of isec which is a super time consuming yeah. society if you are not aware of it absolutely of not aware of it you even ran your own business that was chrysalis solution india yeah. and um like uh, so basically you had a very hectic college life right so and <laughs> which is which is rare like i do know kids who end up doing a couple of internships or joining a a society or two right and i know a few who do mm-hmm. nothing at all as well so what Absolutely. pushed you to spend those 3 hours in this jam packed way where you were always <laughs> running around doing so many things at the same time absolutely so arin first of all i think kudos to you for the kind of research you've done yeah. i'm genuinely uh, taken aback by the kind of research you've done and, and like i said it brings back a lot of memories to me yeah. but what i can tell you right now is something very 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 basic what i was able to understand so i've been a very average student during my school i i did my my, my i mean my school was uh, was from dps rk puram which is probably termed as a factory of students and you know my section was was probably o which is which, which very few people you know are aware of <laughs> typically you know in a school uh, of that size you know it's very difficult to make a mark per se and i was just still trying to figure it out college was a good went out for me because so after I, so i had to i took up sciences in my in my school which was plus 2 and eventually with science with economics 
I didn't know what to do because I was intending to be a pilot and then eventually I thought economics is a good calling <laughs> which I can go in for yeah. and that's when I enrolled in Delhi University and I was absolutely poor at doing economics right <laughs> I was not good at that so the only went out for me at that particular point in time was to really leverage my 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 college in the right possible manner I think within the 6 months of my of of my college starting I was seeing a lot of like-minded people I was meeting and that's and that's a learning that you know a lot of people think sometimes once you go to prestigious universities or, or or schools you get a very good circle but that's not, that's typically not the case it's always about finding a, a right group of people and once you find find those right kind of people that is when you get apprised about the opportunities so like yeah. I said when I was in 6 months of my college I mean I was just I was just enjoying this process of of extracurriculars vis-a-vis sitting in the classroom. Yeah. And the benefit which you get in the Delhi University College is that you always have that bond which you can sign at the end of the year. So attendance does not really matter. <laughs> True. And uh, <laughs> so so you know I was leveraging that to the fullest. And like you rightly mentioned, at a given point in time, I was doing six internships. Yeah. And you understand those campus ambassador programs. And yeah, that's how it started. You know, I think in the first year or two, I was doing a lot of these campus ambassador programs. In between, I happened to join ISEC, yeah. which was like a steep learning curve. Anyone in college, I think, should absolutely do do ISEC because it it really opens up a fantastic network Definitely. of people. You know, whom you can whom you can yeah. touch base with. And you know, you realize the value of the network once you're sitting ten years down the line. True. Because a lot of people now within within those circles are doing relatively well in their life. Yeah. And they're just a call away, really, right? But but like I said. Um, uh, if if yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry if you don't mind me interjecting, okay. but um, like uh, to emphasize on the point about ISEC, the reason how I know Manveer sir is that uh, I looked up ISEC. My society, I was also part of ISEC in Delhi IIT, and I specifically when I was looking for you know to discover new people that I could like follow on LinkedIn, read up about, and connect with. I specifically searched ISEC in Delhi IIT and looked for professionals who were a little older than me so that I could. <laughs> connect with people because yeah. that is the kind of circle that ISEC in Absolutely. general has. <laughs> so, Absolutely. yeah, just Absolutely. to emphasize then, you know, that point. The, yeah. the, the funny part is you find an ISECer somewhere or the other, Definitely. irrespective. Definitely. You want it, you don't want it. <laughs> it's a very good touch point. But like I said, so the second year it was all about you know trying to learn a lot of these internships, and the third year was spent pretty much. monetizing on the on the on all these experiences okay. because that's when you build a very good network of students you you've developed some skill sets in terms of community building doing a lot of these campus ambassador programs and so on and so forth there was this company called let's intern which was very famous at that yes. particular point in time which i built a product, product for completely so like i said you know how this how this happened typically was that you know it's all about finding that fitment that once you find what you love you typically don't need to really think about about whether that pays you or not or, or yes. how will you take out time you know because what happens is that in college typically you have two ways to go about it yes. either you keep studying and and give your gmat you wanted you don't want it to give your gmat or otherwise you really leverage your extra curriculars and i am i'm telling you because i've been a, i've been i've been witness to the fact i bought facebook to my campus yeah. i bought all the top companies to my campus and one thing i can tell you is that it is all about the kind of network you're able to leverage and how you're able to present yourself in front of people people are after a point in time don't see your marks yes it all depends on how you how you know how you're able to build a persona around you Definitely. and that's 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 where that's where i really realize that if i'm doing it for so many people so many organizations at that particular yeah. particular point in time 
why not start my own startup? There was a there was a very close friend of mine uh, from CBS, which is College of Business Studies. Yes. And with with him, I happened to partner up, and we happened to start this end-to-end -end youth marketing solutions company, okay. which was a very innovative concept at that particular point in time. We were raising sponsorships for a lot of uh, for a lot of um, college festivals. We were doing campus ambassador programs. We were doing digital marketing. Anything which came our way. You know, the only point which I'm trying to tell you is, like you said. It was not a serious, serious startup per se yes. because we were also trying to learn, learn that. But I would recommend this to any, any, any person in the second or third year. Yeah. That guys, if you get an opportunity, please, please name, brand, and build a startup while you are in college. Why? Because this will give you that entrepreneurial spark. Definitely. And, and it will really reflect in your corporate career also. Yes. Because you know, typically a lot of people think about the fact that what is it that I am being paid and. The best part about seeing that is, you know, once you're running your own company, because you know you won't be paid till then you don't work yourself. Yes. Right. Uh, so that experience really helps. You have nothing to lose. That's the first thing which came to my mind. I have nothing to lose, right? You know, I mean, as it is, you know, we're doing all these internships. <laughs> nothing we have. So might as well, you know, probably leverage it and and touch wood. You know, we happen to make like, I mean, at at I think I think uh, nine. I mean, I think twenty nineteen nineteen and a half years of age. I think. You know, we were doing approximately 20, 25 lakh rupees in revenue, yes. and I was taken aback. You know, as to how this was happening, <laughs> but 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 like I said, you know, if you curating value, and then after that, you know, came in the other aspect of me trying to really figure it out, and uh, you know, with all your friends joining these these you know hotshot jobs, I was yes. really confused as to what should I do, and that's when I really thought that I should move out, like a lot of my friends, and I think that was a that was a good or a bad decision. I don't really know, but I think it was a good decision. Why? Because I learned a lot of things, and that's when I transitioned to a job. But since we're talking about my college right now, like I said, college is the place to, like I said, two things: either focus on your studies or do extracurriculars. Or third is a hybrid form. You be a yeah. you be a good student, and while being a good student, you you do all your extracurriculars. But like I said, at the end of it, what matters is what you put on the table. If you learn something, wherever you find more fitment. Please keep focusing on that. That really helps. Okay. Hope great. I was clear. Yes, definitely. So, um, for uh, the audience which is going to college right now and or is in college right now, I feel uh, what Sir is here trying to say is that either if you are really into education or academics, you must be like the best in that and have something that you can provide of value to wherever you go after college. That is your MBA or the college that you go to or focus on building yourself up skill wise creating value in yourself learning as much as possible by leveraging all the opportunities around you or kind of creating a hybrid of both where you create a mix which is best suitable for yourself and your who you are but the basic idea is to leverage college as much as possible right if i and, and keep yeah. keep learning you know i mean like i said in internships you have nothing to yeah. lose like definitely, i said definitely. you know if, even if you fail at an internship you know it's not that you know you have to you have to put food on the table yeah. your parents are taking care of you right now but the best expectation they also have from you is that you learn in the process uh -huh. so that's that's what i can say and there's this question from harsh i believe you know he's saying for the ones in school like i said start at the earliest Ritesh Agarwal started when he was in school. You know, he was my yes, junior. Yes. And I remember I I used to speak to him. Uh, you know, I mean, over WhatsApp and you know, uh, not WhatsApp typically. I think over uh, over Facebook Messenger. I remember. Yeah. At that particular point in time, and and in in a short period of time, when he was like four five years younger to me, you know, he's built a massive empire where where in which it's very difficult for us yeah. to even even reach him today. Definitely. Definitely. Right? So like I said, for school guys or or college guys, like I said, start off. 
you know i mean yeah. that's the best thing you can do at this particular point in time uh, yeah for those who don't know who ritesh is he is the founder of uh, oyo rooms uh, a brand that all of you might be well aware of and uh, something you might not know about him that he started his entrepreneurial journey when he was in his 11th or 12th grade itself so um and he managed to build a multi billion dollar empire uh without i don't think he has even touched 25 years yet or yeah he's yeah. He's, he's turned 25 this year yes I he's turned so. 25 this year so um yeah so uh, that is what i think manveer sir here means by saying that this is the age when you can leverage a lot of opportunities a lot of networking that you can do without having an overhead burden of probably other responsibilities that plague Uh, humans <laughs> as they grow up grow no and and and, yeah. and let me tell you for the guys you know who watching in if they want, want to discuss that in hindi they want examples let me know feel free yes. like i said the agenda is what you should be learning something from this process yeah. that's what i want you know okay. yeah okay i think there's an interesting okay. question and this is personally something that even i faced right uh, because yeah. even i started my first entrepreneurial venture when i was 19 right so her share asks yeah. that some people don't take students very seriously right so okay. if you are running if you are trying to set up a new business or if you are trying to sell a product how do you get how do you convince people around you that even if even though you are 18 or 19 or 16 years old uh, you are serious or you are skilled enough or knowledgeable enough to be doing what you're doing so how what would you recommend two things two things specifically first off considering that you are 16 17 18 year 20 year old nobody looks at your face and gauges you know you're 18 20 18 or 16 years old i mean you you will find lot of times a 30 year old guy looking 20 years of age <laughs> so you know i mean don't don't go by the go, go by the face it, it is all about there's a beautiful thing my senior told me in 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 productivity uh, where he told me uh, you know i had this habit of saying that you know i'm a kid i'm i'm just learning yes, yes, i had yes. this habit of saying that a lot of times and you know he said a beautiful thing which still resonates with uh, you know with me He said, "Till when do you want to be want to be told that you're a kid? You know, it's all in the mind, right? Definitely, you definitely. To, you have to behave a certain manner. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, nobody is gauging you. I, I mean, today I am. You know, I've been I've been in the trade since a long time. Yes. And it does not matter whether you come from school, college, as long as you can solve my problem. Yes. You know, if I want true, to true, today, true. you know, I mean, I'm I'm telling you why I was getting business was." because i had a very expansive network through my network yes, through isec definitely societies in which i could get access to any large company across all these colleges you yes, understand yes yes so that was my usk at that particular point in time and definitely. it's funny that today after 6 years 7 years i'm looking yeah. out for similar students you yeah. know who have that kind of <laughs> access who can you know, basically True. put a lot of our services you know in you know i mean uh, and and reach out to the schools and definitely, colleges definitely definitely so like i said your age does not really matter what matters is how you look at yourself and secondly what is the meat you add to the table if you actually adding value nobody will ask you your age it definitely, does not matter definitely they will not ask your age they will not ask you what is the kind of money you make that's your that's your wage and third they will not ask you what are the kind of marks you get so <laughs> don't worry about that right it's all about putting meat on the table and and start adding value that's yes. it yeah, yeah. um so i think that answers your question hers people will take you seriously when you provide them with the kind of value they need and if you're able to do that i think they will give you the respect that you deserve and will listen to you <laughs> um 
Okay. So, uh, moving on. So, um, again, so as I mentioned, there are a lot of things to ask, but we have to move forward to cover a lot of different uh, areas. <laughs> so, um, after you graduated from college, you uh, started your first business around a year or two after graduating. You were meanwhile yeah. working full time. Uh, in a company, yeah. uh, in a proper corporate job, but then around a year and a half later, you decided to launch Night Bites, right? Two 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 years to be precise. Around. Like I said, there was a transition between. Okay, yeah, so yeah. two years to be precise. So uh, something that I noticed was prior to that, I didn't see any proper FNB experience in your uh, profile, right? Like a proper yeah. dedicated experience in that industry. So number one, yeah. what attracted you to that industry? And what were some common hurdles you faced, considering you were not an insider? You know, it's a very good question you're asking, and 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 like I said, it'll be much better that if we touch base because in my entire book was written on that sim- simple premise <laughs> itself. Okay. That you know, step by step process of starting a catering business without yes. any prior background in the hospitality industry. Okay. You know, people live in this stupid myth. Yes. That you need to have functional skills before starting any business. Okay. But let me tell you, a lot of businesses are there in the market, like event management, advertising, uh, construction, uh, catering, F&B services. Uh, you name it, and I can tell you the businesses that you don't need to have technical skills always. It is all about having two things. One is your common business skills. How do you meet customers? How do you get your client on board? That's the first skill. Sales skill is the first skill, and the second skill is. Having common sense, which is uh-huh. not common, you understand? Okay. <laughs> yes. These two are the most important aspects. You know, rest everything else can be learned. Yes. Why I say that is, if you see a lot of people in the in the you know, I mean, probably in the online coaching industry. Yes. I mean, I could never have have a, have, a, have thought about the fact that we'd be having courses today. We'd be ha- you know we we would have written up written a book today, but it's all in the process. You know, of trying to learn and trying to adapt with times, right? And in terms of catering, also like I said, for the first one, one and a half, two years, even though I was doing very well, I was making money because I know I I knew something very good, which is how to do sales, how to pick up business. Yes. That's the number one skill of an entrepreneur. People say fundraising is the number one skill of an entrepreneur. That's absolute bullshit. You know exactly. what I mean? Why? I'm sorry, pardon my language. <laughs> but 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 like I say. You know there are two kinds of businesses. One is investor-driven businesses, yes, and one is typically, uh, you know, your brick and mortar businesses which revenue. are promoter-driven. Yes, you know, wherein yeah. which we focus on revenue and we want to build a lifestyle business. Yes, right. Yes, that was the overall objective. Wherein which we want to build on profits and not not work on wild on valuation. Okay. So what happened typically was that when 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 we were looking at at the element of 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 catering and F and B. Yes. My objective objective was one that. While I'm doing the sales, let me bring in the best people who yes. understand the trade, and that's where that's where I I brought in good relevant partners on board, and at the same time I bought uh, good chefs on board. Yes. You know who can really manage the back of the house because I didn't know zilch about food. I'll be very <laughs> honest. You know I mean I you know it was just and and I mean, it's a it's a very funny thing a very funny funny anecdote which I have shared with a lot of people. Then when I was starting out, there was there's this uh, I don't know whether you heard of something called Startup Saturday or not. Startup Saturday. No, I've not heard Have of this. Have you heard of that? It's very famous, you know. Just Google Startup Saturday. It's okay. one of the largest uh, startup forums and the oldest startup forums which, is, which okay. used to happen. Okay. And I've never been interested in food all my life. I mean, I've never. I mean, I'm not a fussy eater. I'm not. I've not been really uh, into food per se till that time. But suddenly, you know, something which starts giving you money and and something <laughs> which really, 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 uh, you know, I mean. 
shows you shows and gives you a good business potential yes. is understanding and learning the craft yes. and that's how a lot of people start right so like i said for starting any business the first thing is to start with a client the moment you can get your first customer you have a business running you don't need a big infrastructure you don't need anything big and then in the process of of doing your business you start learning the craft but the the that is given one one very very basic assumption that you will get in the right kind of staff and team members who will be able to handle the operations part of it you understand mm, and that's what i did and then while in that process of one and a half two years when i was learning that business yes i was really focusing on one aspect which is of really getting into the nitty gritties of the fnb business per se because like i said if you if you don't understand the business even after two years you don't have to be in, because you know you will never be able to make money if you're playing on other people's skill yes you have to learn you know in the process you have to grow yourself also if i only keep selling then i'm not a i'm not, I'm not an entrepreneur <laughs> i'm typically like a like a sales guy hmm. who's been hired but when i understand the operations plus sales i become an entrepreneur because that's when i increase so while i'm increasing my revenue i'm also increasing my profitability and profitability is increased when i understand the business better mujhe samajh mein aayega ki khana pehle to maine maine khana becha khana bechne ke baad jab mujhe samajh aaya ki wo banda kaise hai where is the actual margin that is where you actually start building a, a quality business visa we yes. you know uh we keep talking about you know just keep doing sales uh-huh. so like i said this is a progression overall yes. but just to answer your question very simply a lot of businesses are there in the market where you don't need funct- functional skills you learn these functional skills on the job yes. event management construction you would have not heard a lot of a lot of builders or or event management professionals you know coming with degrees of event yeah, management definitely these are all businesses where which you learn i mean probably yes. You know, I mean, you know that much better, right? Yeah. And right now, digital marketing. One, yes. One of the best example, digital marketing. The best digital marketers are are people who've done mas, you know, masters in marketing management. Yeah. And you know, these guys haven't studied zilch about digital marketing. <laughs> what they've studied? True. They studied about Philip Kotler. You know? <laughs> I mean, four P's. Nobody talks about. Yeah. Four nobody talks right talk, talks about all of them. So um. Yeah. I I think like um um something that uh I'd like to concise for the viewers so um that. what you basically need is to know how to sell you don't really need for a uh, for a large number of businesses you really don't need to know the nitty gritties of that business you don't need to know um how in a restaurant food is made or how in a travel industry uh you build a package you don't need to know how a building is made you just need to know how to sell and being a true learner or an entrepreneur as you run the business you eventually develop yourself and grow and start understanding the inside out of the industry is um absolutely yeah. absolutely so um now you you mentioned something very interesting right and uh, i also hold very strong opinions about this that um you mentioned that some um, some startups tend to be missed on their eval- valuation right that is they might have inflated valuation something which was seen with yep. we work most recently where a business had massively inflated valuations but was creating close to not even a percentage of that in revenue while uh, some businesses like the startup that you began which was a more revenue focused business where the focus was yeah. on building revenue and that's where the business stood as itself yeah. so um 
but currently with the new generation of entrepreneurs uh, when i see posts yeah. on linkedin or uh, newspaper articles there is almost always talk about x and y on uh, entrepreneurs founders building a business which raised 1 crore in funding or 10 crore in funding yeah. and at x y z uh, in valuation yeah. so as an entrepreneur as someone who wants to become an entrepreneur where should one put their energy should they focus on like getting an idea and raising investment is that a good way to go or should they first should they actually focus on the way that you went that is building a business selling building revenue and then thinking about selling or getting investment or raising valuations and all you know the so the first point to your you know to which i just want to put a correct Yeah. Yes, it's not one crore, ten crore. It's one million and ten yes, million. Yes, so yes, yes, definitely. It's around half crores to seven crores. You know, yes, one yes, yes. million dollar is around seven and a half crores today. Yes, yes. So, like I said, it, it's really wavered. You know, the kind of valuations. But like yes. I said, you know, it all depends. You know, I you have to really understand your skill set and your value. I mean, the values which you hold. Okay. Like I said, you know, I mean, during and and the, one of the reasons why I said. uh that you should really be starting up during your college days and you know or, or anyway what you're doing startup is not typically you know trying to make money raise funds you know don't think about it you are the hero of your story you're the protagonist of your story you are you know i mean if you start thinking as if you have to please someone else that's not how it will go right you are building your story so you are starting a startup and if you fail that's fine absolutely right but in that process you know why i say that is This is understanding your skill set and your behavior, behavioral skills. Yes. Like I, I understood in my first startup itself, and in the second startup was more like an affirmation, where in which both the startups I had partners, and I had uh, you know genuine partnership goals in terms of actually working with them, trying to you know have some sort of issues in terms of monetary, uh, you know decision making, yes. and probably multiple issues per se. So I understood my behavioral characteristics, and I understood that. If I want to make it big in my particular industry, I'll have to do it myself. Visa be relying on partners. Like I said, that was a good strategy when I was starting out. You yes. know, in in my in my exit, my in my of course my first exit because I understood my skill set and by that time I was very much aware about what are the nuances you typically face when you're starting a business like yes. that. But the second phase, which is which is right now when I started Night Gourmet, was was more about going by my gut. and trying to build a business around around that by knowing what what is it that what is it that I specialize in now answering your question because we were talking about valuation and and margin driven business do you want to be a 10% owner of a of a 10 crore company or you want to be a 100% owner of a 1 crore company what is it that you want to be okay. that is the question you need to answer and my my earlier boss and a mentor said this line to me long time back when i was in college and it still resonates with me because i tell you what if you are happy you know it's something which rishi agarwal also said recently yes. and i and it's it's funny how he said that because you know he's a person who's become a you know who's a who's become a big fish in a big pond yes. right but recently in, in one of his interviews he was saying that you know it's always good to be a big fish in a small pond you know because yes. like I, you know like like they say you know it's a, it's a different market altogether but like I, like i said he's built a success story to talk about it coming to your points point head on a valuation business has very different characteristics you need to have co-founders you need to have a futuristic business model yes. futuristic business model is something which does not make money on day one but it mm-hmm. has future potential 
that is why you don't do it yourself and do it with your own investment and you get in third party investors to invest into that idea yes. okay yes. today i am an investor i invent invest into ideas because i have been in the, i've been in the business for long to understand that this business might have an exit okay. or or a good good revenue making potential in 5 years from now or 6 years from now yes you know and in the, at the same time when i do my own business i look at this that probably if i'm putting in my money today i want return on that in the next 5 days or 10 days or 15 days irrespective i am i'm very cautious about my money yes. so these are two different concepts if you're looking at a valuation driven business it's a different skill set like i said there's nothing no nothing is wrong nothing is nothing is right raising funds from a third party investor or an angel fund or a vc network is absolutely difficult but like i said you know it has its own advantages because yes. you get a lot of pr leverage and a lot of other definitely. things but if you, but if you think you're comfortable by building your own business and you can make money on every transaction of your business and it has a good margin to make to sustain you over a good period of time yes. then you can you can take the route which i have taken where in which i have built a relatively stable business and that stable business the accruals i i make i try to invest into businesses which which might be uh futuristic in its own approach okay. so why is it futuristic is you know i'll give you a perfect example of facebook and whatsapp so whatsapp i don't know whether you saw that you were you know you were really active during during that time yes. when whatsapp was acquired by by facebook yes. and you know it was acquired at a stupendous valuation stupendous valuation i'm I, talking about a, a, it was a billion dollar plus a sale of Seven billion dollar. Six to seven billion dollar. Okay, my yeah. God. Yeah, but, but but whatever the case is, you know, you I mean, like forget that Instagram for that matter. Yes. Instagram, you know, I mean, when they bought it, you know, people were thinking, "What are they doing? Are they crazy? Where are they going to get it from? Yes. Who, 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 you know they built an ecosystem around them yes so come to think of it do you think facebook would have been relevant had they not acquired whatsapp or instagram so, i agree like i said you know at a different scale there are different kind of decisions like today what is haunting me as part of my business i'm being very honest about the vulnerabilities that i don't know so we typically cater for large as events like you know around 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 10000 people 15000 people uh, 30000 people typically yes. you know we do stadiums larger stadiums right and my problem is one that i don't know post 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 this pandemic when will the market really open up Definitely. and even if the market opens up you know i did last year i was part of the isl opening ceremony and okay. i am telling you there were 45 45000 people in the in the stadium now in this kind of a scenario i don't know whether there'll be 45 people <laughs> in the stadium true you know true. what i mean Agreed. you know yeah yes yes so, so so like i said sometimes you have to really assess and evaluate to not really put you into jargon both have their own skill sets you have to understand what works out for you but if you're going in for a for a venture investing driven business go out for co-founders go out for good co- good co-founders and build a business in a very different different yes. sense then you build a business to show numbers but in a in a in a margin driven business you do the business to make money you understand yes yes, yes. so it's a, it's a very different skill set altogether I, it's a long answer i know yeah. but like i no, said no i agree I, yeah Uh, but but like i said there's no right there's no wrong definitely, answer definitely definitely you know, both are right in their own in, in their own own way itself yeah. like i said no i agree this question required a nuanced answer and that's what we got because a superficial one wouldn't have been as knowledge as informative for all of us here
so um uh, something you mentioned during your uh, while discussing this was how uh, for both your first two startups you had a team of you had co-founders with you and there were the yep. usual founder woes which happened with almost every yep. startup right and you yep. also yep. mentioned how um especially your second business night bites you didn't have any back end expertise proper back end like mm. cooking and things like that so you had yep. to hire proper specialized cooks and people who were basically experienced in this industry right so mm. um, at an early stage when you're 2021 how do you go around finding good co co-founders or good people good people to hire and add to your team because this like the initial team plays a very pivotal role in the success of any business right so how do you go about finding them selecting them and did you personally make any mistakes that you regret right now with regards to hiring and stuff like that yeah so it's a very good question and i have just one point which i would want to share here which is a rule of thumb just put that in your mind and don't forget that never become co-founders with people who are your friends okay <laughs> that's it <laughs> always always choose co-founders based on the value addition they bring to a board okay okay so for example aryan aryan is very good with content he's good with content creation with digital marketing with xyz whatever he's the touch point for that i am good with operations okay i can look at into the back end i can manage everything uh, you know in the back end either it be to be dealing with vendors to deal to be dealing with uh, any sort of uh, third party activities and then there is a third co-founder who just brings in money who, who keeps his mouth shut he's just concerned about one thing that boss kitna paisa dala kitna paisa nikla you know yes. what i mean right yes yes you know and 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 that is what is the key essence i never understood that because for me you know it was very important to make that kind of mistake i still thank my my co-founders because i learned a lot of you know lot from them and that's why i am in this in this business also you know it's a very interesting story how i happened to start off with them but but like i said you know the what i've been able to learn is that always you know because we all three were not from a non food background yes so we eventually had to depend on on chefs <laughs> and people from the industry who would who who be teaching us and in the process of course we were not only losing money but we were being fooled by a lot of people be it suppliers be it our employees be it a lot of other people but the whole objective is what that we never looked into what is the skill set we offer and the most stupid thing which i was able to do at particular point in time which you mentioned what is the mistake you did was that i quit my job without even thinking twice you understand yes you know i quit my job because i thought i was making money in the process and maybe i can i can give this full time and i can make a lot lot more money but i never checked with my other co-founders whether they were willing to quit their job or not and then eventually they you know I mean again everyone yes. has their own 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 ways of of going about it definitely and eventually you know we we got a good investor you know we had to exit and so on so forth but like i said the essence is one like i said never never hire because of the fact that a person is just putting in money or is your friend never do that you know either he brings something to, to something to the table yes. if he's bringing capital to the table then tell him very clearly bhai paisa dal rahe ho aapko in the 6 months 12 months or probably whatever time you know you'll be Aajay. able to give them a return yes and the other part is that even if even if you know you are not evaluating all these elements just evaluate what is your personal holding in that in that particular business yes. if you are a co-founder you have to take decisions keeping in mind everyone and you can't take abrupt decisions that is one mm. of the most stupid thing i could i could have done but like i said 
it really worked wonders for me because then i was able to build a build a relatively formidable business mm. which really helped me but like i said it is a bit of luck and a lot of effort <laughs> but i always say that uh, you know when you're doing co-founder search always mm. get them on board for the right reasons and try to have similar capital size don't try to do ki you know because like i said you know when you are starting up you know the problem is what you typically will never face problems when you are starting up yes. you know you, you know I, and i'm telling you this is for a lot of students uh, that jabhi you know when you are starting out right you will never face face the heat when you are starting up because all of you are passionate <laughs> you are really True. passionate you want to start up and you know one day lady luck smiles on you and you start making money and the day you start making money then everyone starts singing in a different manner <laughs> and that is when you are up for trouble you understand mm. and that's my only learning what i would like want to share with a lot of uh, you know with all you guys here that guys please make sure that you hire and you 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 get a co-founder because you know because of his value addition that's it okay, okay. yeah that's yes. a very interesting answer that's a very interesting answer and thanks a lot this is one of the most common issues faced by almost every founder or every entrepreneur and i think you answered it pretty much beautifully <laughs> Yeah, so yes. yeah, so um, like uh, this is I think the last question about night bites. Then we'll move forward because uh, I would like to ask a lot more about your first or night <laughs> venture night bites. But there are so again so many things to cover that it's super. Hard. I can imagine no issues. No issues. So uh, night bites was your first venture after college, right? And you managed yeah. to see see through through the entire kind of startup cycle, which is you know mm-hmm. like conceiving an idea. bootstrapping then running operations running the business setting it up and then finally exiting it by selling it to a outside investor right mm-hmm. and this is super rare right because uh, mm-hmm. if anyone here is like is in touch with a lot of startup founders or entrepreneurs most of them go through multiple startups before they hit one lucky startup which ends yep. up making them money or successful and despite yep. having all the right skills a great team good money good mm-hmm. idea they have everything mm-hmm. but still it takes a lot of time a lot of attempts yep. before succeed, succeeding mm-hmm. so looking mm-hmm. back now what was it that you did differently with night bites that you managed to succeed with the first startup that you launched right after graduating so one thing i'll i'll put it very very clearly there's nobody who does anything differently relatively yes. it's all all about going in the flow and putting in a genuine effort because if i say i i was very smart i would have been sitting in a very different table altogether <laughs> but like i said exists are of different different size different scale at at every entrepreneur stage yes but answering your question head on you know how this works is typically that like i told you my my first skill was about knowing how to sell that is the first skill number one skill of an entrepreneur like i said number one but like i said it's not the most important but number one skill you yes. can't build build a business without selling Definitely. but once you start building that business you understand and you build multiple streams like i said in our business also we had two sides to the business one was the b2b side one was the b2c side which was a delivery business which was focused on focused on smaller orders uh doing around 500 rupees 1000 rupees 1500 rupees doing 50 orders 100 orders a night and so on and so forth and the other business was doing a lot of catering work which is yes. bulk, bulk meals which was doing tack meals thalis and all of that you know mm-hmm. like i said a lot of times what really worked out for us is that i was able to understand this fine balance much earlier in my business that you can't survive your business only on the basis of 
doing B2C, which is doing this 500,000 rupees, 300 yes. rupees orders. Yes, yes. Even though you do, you know, it's so funny that, you know, I, you know, one of our outlets was in North Campus. And in North Campus, you know, there was there was a time we were doing around, around 100 orders a night. And the irony was what, why I used to scratch my head so much was, you know, people in North Campus order order for like Maggie, you know, they don't want to order gourmet stuff typically, yes, right? Yes, yes. And after doing an entire day, you're just making 20,000 rupees in a night, which is not very good good as per a unit economics of a, of a cloud kitchen per se, yes. right? So so that is where we understood that probably bulk, the B2B side of side of things, you know, I mean, if I put, put an example to it, uh, B2C, you understand how many guys understand what is B2C and B2B? Um, I hope people understand. Yes, I think uh, just to clarify, B2C means business to customer. That is a business that is directly selling to a customer. And B2B like is when a, like a retail shop, for example, um, like a shoe store that sells shoes, individual shoes. And B2B would be a business selling to another business, mostly in bulk. So for example, maybe a big factory partnering up with various different retail outlets to sell their shoes to Absolutely. individual outlets. Absolutely. So yes, please Absolutely. Manveer, Absolutely. go ahead. Yes. So, 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 so like I said, you know, I understood that the very basis of evaluation is the very basic fundamental that you need to really push up your top line. Your top line is basically the sales volume you do. Yes. What you do in a month in a in a retail store, you can do it typically in a day in in a in a catering setup. You mm -hmm. understand? True. And and like I said, you know, we were doing catering which were around three and a half, four lakh rupees a day typically, right? And 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 that is the kind of numbers you know which which really jacked up the volumes we were doing in a month. You understand? Yes. Which 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 seemed very favorable to the to the third party investor. Yes. Not that I, our business didn't have equity, so. What happens is your B2C keeps your staff and the team engaged and the B2B brings is your profit maximizer where through which you actually start making money and you increase your valuation. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where we you know when 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 and it was not a, not a decision. We didn't want to sell it, but you know, like I said, there were there were issues internally, you know, we were genuinely facing issues and and we thought the best 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 nuance for us would be to probably have an exit and, and that's when we happened to speak to a couple of people and happened to find a good deal and we clocked it, you know, like I said. And uh, yeah, that was it. So like I said, what really helped me at that particular point to, to, to entirely channelize. In fact, I think I really, I, I you know, we exited really, really, uh, really fast. I think, you know, it was much earlier than we, than we should have. And that's, that's a mistake at a lot, at, you know, when I look at, look at, you know, in, in, in hindsight, because, you know, you, you know, we were building a good brand. The brand had good recognition. We were really doing a lot of orders. Which is very difficult to do in today's time because True. Zomato, Swiggy has become very difficult uh, for you to even operate. You don't have the data, customer data and so mm. on and so forth. That was a good time, but what has happened is that has given me a good understanding that if you understand this thin understanding that you have to do B2C karni karni hai, retail, se, just say, you know, you keep the ball rolling, you're not sitting idle any day. And and the second, you have to have a B2B side to your business. If you have these two sides to your business, and this is for any business, even a shoe store, yes. like you mentioned, a retail shop can also have a B2B element to their business. Yes. Like I said, so if an entrepreneur can understand that part, I think he's good to go. He can do whatever. I was just, sure. I was looking, look, looking through a lot of, a lot of examples, you know, I think, you know, people whom you were also interviewing, like come to think of it, I was just looking through one of the interviews you were doing about with a stylist. So probably come to think of it, you know, one B2C for her can be that she's doing stylist, you know, she, she's doing styling for you probably and uh, the b2b side is that you know we get her on board and ask her to do styling for the entire batch of of a fashion show for a college yes, you understand yes so like i said if, 
you tell me the business and i can tell you that every business has a b2b and a b2c application irrespective you understand so yeah that's pretty much about it you know like nice. i said this is this is a key element of of uh, success in that yes. in that in that sphere yeah i think this is a very key interesting key element and something um, to be honest uh, this is like a golden nugget that has been dropped here because even with my uh like this was something that i finally understood in my second business that is a first business which i ran for a year then my second business was two years and after three years i finally figured it out that okay fuck we need to start focusing more on b2b so that we can make more money yeah, absolutely and he has dropped right. this bomb even before you started with your first business so you guys if you have an idea in mind as he mentioned every idea can have a b2b aspect you just need to start exploring and you know thinking outside the box as simple as that absolutely yes and absolutely yes. absolutely yes. thanks rujul i'm i'm seeing your chat that's that's very interesting uh, you know i mean you have quite a few people so yeah like i said you know let, let the questions keep coming in yes yeah <laughs> um, there's yes. a question about marketing and i feel that uh, your podcast and book uh cover a lot about you know the nitty gritties of the catering and fnb business so uh yeah. we leave some of that for the end and for a much more yeah. deeper insight you can of course go through his book his podcasts yeah. where you get a much better idea about marketing and maybe sourcing and all those nitty gritties and uh, like you know insider information into the fnb industry Absolutely. Um, yeah, a very Absolutely. interesting question. Um, that uh, did you have a mentor figure when you started out with your first business? And if you did, what kind of role did he play? You know, to be very honest, uh, you know, I like I said, you know, to be very honest, I genuinely didn't have a mentor at that particular point in time, which I genuinely, I think, I regret. I regret because you know, you can have multiple mentors from different functions, yes. like. You know, I mean, you can have different. I mean, like I had a mentor who used to really guide me on the legal part of my business, the finance part of my business. One, one used to be guiding me on how to drive sales, but there was no one fixed mentor whom I could idolize or mm. probably you know build upon. Today, when I am running my 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 uh, event hospitality company, of course, there are a lot of people I look up to. Uh, there are a lot of people I genuinely learn from because the. the horizon has has expanded has expanded yes but when i was building it because i was one of the first people to start that kind of concept of minute delivery so like i said i had no competition per se and i was just learning in that process right so like i said no mentor per se but now of course i look up to a lot of people a lot of companies uh, and i learn learn, learn a lot from them in fact of late uh, since the pandemic i've been following this guy called gary vanerchek <laughs> okay mean, yeah, gary v yes yes uh, yeah and and you know i mean besides that every entrepreneur for that matter you know that there are so many inspira- inspiration stories around and right now like i said if so one one quick anecdote i think one if not a mentor but i would just say one one very key book i would recommend everyone in this in this particular uh, session to read is something called rich dad poor dad Don't that's by Robert Kiyosaki. It's one of the best books. It will change your thought process about money. A lot of people don't even talk about money, and that's one of the biggest gaps yes. in our in our in our education system. But that book really changed my perception about money. And why I tell you this is because today I speak to a lot of my friends, you know, who've been who are part of a VC invested businesses, and while they made all those all all those valuation of like six million dollars and ten million dollars, you know, if you come to think of it, what they've got at the end of it is a salary. Or or they've got a good equity valuation, but they don't know when they can dilute that. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. 
so so if you if you learn the habit of saving money investing money and understanding that your relationship with money per se yes your life would be much more sorted than any other person yes you know? true, true, so true. so the entire concept of financial independence comes from comes from that particular book so just keep that in mind yes yeah um for those watching if you didn't understand that bit of lingo or jargon what he meant by saying that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs have huge valuations in business but do not know when they will be able to liquidate that and like that means that they do not have that money in hand or invested somewhere like in their bank accounts that they can use anytime it's consolidated in like fixed assets that they cannot quickly get like haath mein nahi aayega so in basic terms Absolutely. yeah so no cash in hand basically yes no cash in hand basically another very yeah. interesting thing was that you mentioned a lot about working with vendors and um you know like even with b2b working with bigger brands and bigger companies and building a relationship with them right mm. so a quick tip on how someone can try and approach bigger brands or bigger vendors and like build a good business build a good uh, relation with them you know so the the, the aspect about uh, about doing and and approaching bigger brands is, is one very simple term which a lot of people need to go and google once is something as basic as corporate sales 90% of people don't understand you know people don't understand you know the difference between sales and marketing you know so corporate sales that's why i said na common sense is not common you know and that's why a lot of people need to understand what is is corporate sales corporate sales is when you are focusing on any company to sell your product that's called b2b sales which i was just telling you yes when you so b2c is i am selling to anyone on the road i am selling a mask i am selling a sanitizer to anyone on the road and b2b is where i know that i have to sell to a reliance industries limited or an airtel bharti airtel limited and i go and meet the procurement manager and i sell it to them you understand so like i said that's the first thing of starting your your uh, your aspect about approaching brands yes. because if you know the meaning of corporate sales and b2b sales you will be able to to pitch it much better you know and 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 you know you understand the concept like you know like i said these concepts are basics but you have to really clear your basics first second aspect is understand this concept of something called lead tracker you know there is there is a concept of leads also leads leads is anyone whom you think can be a prospective person who's interested in your services you know so figure out what is your what is the kind of business you are doing then figure out what are the kind of brands will be interested into the kind of kind of kind of products you know you are you are providing so i'll take the example of a sanitizer okay agar sanitizer humne humne kisi ko bechna hai for example so you will you will analyze that which are the companies who might be needing needing sanitizers within your vicinity now that can be as per your geography if you are sitting in greater kelas of delhi or you are sitting in 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 burly or bombay you figure out what are the corporate companies near me then you reach out to every admin manager in that particular vicinity and try to do lead generation to tell them about your product and tell them ki this is what i'm doing and it's as simple as that it's like hardcore the difference between direct sales and and b2b sales is that direct sales is you doing door to door you know you going going to a person's a person's office and just telling them i want to meet the admin manager b2b sales is a step ahead where in which you go to linkedin you search who's the person who's the procurement manager there at hdfc uh you know rajori garden branch or greater kailash branch and then you know his name either you call on the landline or you call on his personal line and you tell him that i want to meet you i have a very good proposition for you i am doing sanitizers for these many companies and i want to sell it to you 
I I genuinely wanted to learn something hands on. Yes. You know, which was which was wanting to learn about FNB, about going to the kitchen, knowing how uh, fish is prepared, how how actually gravies are prepared, what are what are other sauces, and that's when once I was doing my training and I came back, and I met with and when I started night gourmet, I met with the most ruder shock of my life, <laughs> which was which was which was something which I keep repeating that you don't need to be a chef to start an FNB business. <laughs> You know what I okay, mean? Okay. Yes. 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 I just yes. burned whatever, whatever, ten, fifteen, twenty lakhs. You know, which what I would have spent on my, on my, on my training, because you know, understand when you're running a business, you are, you are taking care of the front of the house. आपने customer देखना है. आपने you need to know the product really well. Yes. You have to understand how to handle your customers well. But you don't have to be a chef at the back. You'll be, you won't be making pasta at the back end, right? You know, you'll have to have a team behind that. Mm-hmm. But yes, it gave me a lot of understanding about how food business. You know what. What food is? What is the learning about that? And that I could have done by learning about food itself. You know, yes. by learning and studying online, like what we are doing right now, right? Yes. I mean, how many? I don't think so. You know, you you did a professional course for for running a for for running for becoming a YouTuber, right? Yes. You yes. know, you would have done a lot of ad hoc research and so on and so forth. Yes. And that's typically, you know, one of the biggest secrets which nobody tells you in the world is that everything does not need a qualification. Sometimes. What you need is just the hunger to learn those things. <laughs> True. And and a lot of people don't really understand that. A lot of people are living in that in that hallucination. कि भाई मैं अगर मैं masters in international business कर लूँगा तो मुझे international business आ जाएगा. बहुत ऐसे नहीं आता international business. Till then you actually don't understand exports. Till then you don't understand what is bill of lading. You know multiple other aspects. Yes, yes. So like I said, to answer your question very very straightforward, there was no vision per se, but yes. Like I said, I had that inkling, and that's something you'll hear you'll hear hear in my podcast also. That I'm a very simple. I came back. I wanted to start a business in F and B, and you know, and I just found found my first client at that particular point, which was a great lead for me, which was called Delhi Daredevils uh, at that at that particular point in time, which was the IPL team, and that was a good 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 you know breakthrough for me, which eventually you know made me have a relationship with them since last five to six years. Seven years to be pre- six years to be precise, but like I said, my overall objective of of sharing this with you is that uh, please don't live in that misconception that you need to you need to act a that people have this 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 you know I mean this vision per se no guys every time it's a it's a it's a it's a natural transition you know you are in whatever position you are in right now you are you are where you had to be but now. What you need to promise yourself is that you will you will be learning upon that and you will be upskilling yourself at all different points in time and you will be an executor rather than you know just be talking about stuff. Yes. I don't want to talk about stuff. Don't talk about the the stuff that you know you want to start a new startup. You know, start start it up. Let the, <laughs> the numbers numbers you know like I said, sales is the best feedback. If you if you're in a business, if sales is happening, you have a business running. So like I said, I mean I don't know whether I answered your question or not. But like I said, this is very important for people to know that a no vision as such, just pure execution. And second, like I said, it was no asset degrees you need to start this business, yes. start any business for that matter. It starts it starts first with a desire to learn that particular business, and you can do it irrespective. So yeah. That's pretty pretty much about yeah, it. That's great. Um, a, a interesting question here was Shivam, which is also somewhat related to what you asked, uh, what you just talked about. He mentioned that uh, when you have an idea, like should we should you go ahead and build a huge business plan or a big detailed plan, or should you just get started and start figuring it out as you go? Like which is the better or 
uh, easier path to follow as an entrepreneur setting up a new business? You know how this works is, like I said, taking cue from the from the point you know which we had discussed. Yes, there are two yes. types of running a business. One is an investor-driven business. One is yes. a promoter-driven business. True. I always recommend. In hindsight, I never use a business plan, but I'm I'm again recommending it to you. What worked for me might not work for you, and I'll tell you why. Because I genuinely used to maintain a lot of excels. I used to keep studying my business. I didn't make a business plan in the sense of making an executive summary, even though my business is a promoter-driven business. Yes. But it really helps you. to understand data in your business when i said data in your business like in fact before lockdown i was just evaluating and i was thinking because you know i used to travel a lot you know i travel 6 months in a year you know pre lockdown i don't know when that comes <laughs> but uh, but you know one of the best factors we you know which i was able to see from a data is that 45% of my revenues come from outside of delhi that's why okay. delhi my mumbai and chennai office is very important to me you know i can't yes. survive without them but in the current scenario i don't know what i what i'll be doing but mm. like i said once you understand data and once you start building a plan around it like plan when i say is not again i would say not making an executive summary but building your marketing plan your operation plan your uh, your human resource plan kitna staff chahiye starting mein kitne ki zarurat hai it's not about making a fancy word document like i said it is all about just taking a paper and pen and writing down all your business in a in a canvas उससे क्या होता है दैट यू आर थिंकिंग अबाउट योर बिजनेस यू नो बिकॉज़ वन ऑफ द मिस्टेक्स व्हिच आई डोंट वांट यू टू डू व्हिच आई यूज्ड टू मेक व्हेन आई वाज स्टार्टिंग आउट वाज इफ यू टेक थिंग्स इन अ फ्लो यू विल बी टेकन इन द फ्लो अंडरस्टैंड यस यू विल बी यू विल बी यू नो आई एम टेलिंग यू यू विल बी टेकन इन द फ्लो यू हैव टू स्टैंड फॉर समथिंग टू एक्चुअली बिल्ड इट एंड इफ यू डोंट स्टैंड फॉर समथिंग यू विल बी टेकन अवे बाय बाय एवरीथिंग यस यस सो बिल्ड योर नीश फोकस ऑन व्हाट यू रियली वांट टू डू एंड लाइक आई सेड Build a written plan around that, not a business plan. I don't want to sexify yes. the word. It's yes. really sexy word to say <laughs> business plan, uh, financial projections. Guys, like I said, करना है अपने लिए करना है. And like I said, in that process, if that does not happen, also my point is only one. It will give you very good learning that how, what you had planned and what you know. एक चीज कहते हैं ना हमारे in the consulting terms that used to be said, planned versus actuals. Yes. That this is what you had planned versus actuals. Sometimes you know it was very funny for me. that my plan sales used to be much much lower than what i was actually selling but the but the funny aspect was that i didn't understand the business right yes. so i didn't know that that from 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 uh from may to to august you know the relatively the b2b side of the business is relatively lower you understand yes. okay and i never knew that so i was thinking that the business is so good you know i mean i am making money hands over fist but i i i reached i reached in may may june july and i was left with no b2b business <laughs> so that's when my b2b b2c business was sustaining me yes. so like i said business plan will really help you to break your myths and give you a much de- detailed clarity about your particular business hope that answers your question yes, i think i think that is a very interesting input and i think that clears up your question very very well shivu my feel <laughs> okay you mentioned a few times about um, you know the impact of the pandemic on your business right and almost no business can be fully market proof right so as an entrepreneur who might want to start right now or who might already have a business how do they protect themselves against these uncertainties like any uncertainty it could be a pandemic or maybe two years down the line something else could happen so as an entrepreneur how do you protect yourself or try to safeguard yourself against such things you know i mean i'm not in the best position to say this why because like i said we never planned i mean my entire events industry 
I mean, I'm talking to you about about a large. I mean, you understand how many people events industry employs? Restaurant industry. Yes, yes. Restaurant industry is the highest, is the largest employer of unorganized labor in the country. Yes, yes. This is a great company. Milta was a restaurant company. You know, I mean, True. you know, and I'm telling you, there are no skills, nothing for us. You know, relatively, a lot of people still think. You know, food business or any events business is just another business. Yeah, क्या हो गया event वाले हैं, you know, catering वाले हैं, restaurant वाले हैं, bar वाले हैं. You know, like I said, when you talk about future proof, the only future proof what I've understood is to have the power of acceptance and being being agile. Like I said today, I'll give you a perfect example, uh, and I can only give give you my example. Why? Because I mean, that's something that's the most valid in this case because. We are down from the kind of numbers we used to do to actually actually six to seven figures, which was never the case. You know, we were generally doing very good volumes. But uh, what I've been able to understand right now is that you have to be agile and you have to shift as per market. When I say shift as per market, is that we understood that since we can't cater for those thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand packs, you know, what we have to do is we have to shift to smaller smaller events or yes. smaller smaller home gatherings. Which is 25 packs, 30 packs, mm. 40 packs. Yes. Do bulk meals, but do it for them. That's the only way to survive. One is that. Second, we evolved around a lot. Of, we worked a lot around content. You know, content is like today. My, I mean, I was taken aback, and this is called the power of power of 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 of. I would say giving back. That you know, when I, once I was writing my book, you know, this, this book was basically which I will come to in the later later topics. But I never knew content was such a big market in yes. in itself. So I was experimenting. Uh, experimenting with what else can we do and through the through the book you know we started a course which is generating a lot of money for us right now relatively which we which we didn't really anticipate so we are opening up new avenues of of building sales so that then the market really bounces back so the number one skill there's no set answer to it because even i mean i won't say mukesh ambani because he's made the most money in this in this particular <laughs> uh, particular pandemic yes. but someone like anil ambani or any other any 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 other businessman has gone through the worst times in this particular pandemic and they are not with the with the best of people with the best of harvards and stanford guys you know they have they've been not they've not been able to figure out but the only thing what i've been able to learn is be agile pivot at the earliest try to figure out a figure out a solution because that's the only way out you can't do you can't you can't future proof your business there's no insurance yes. which comes for business loss, you know <laughs> मोटिवेशन विद you know writing a book sharing all your experiences so far right and almost all the knowledge you have and secondly yeah. uh, for all the viewers here if any of them want to get into catering some of basic tips of what they could do at this stage of being students like maybe in the 12th standard or first or second year students of what they could do to build their careers towards this and hopefully gaining financial independence by the time they graduate or within the next few years Yes. 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 So I mean, these are these are two questions. Yes. I'll ask the first one first. Like I said, I had zilch experience, I, and I mean it. I had zilch experience in writing a book. I'll be very honest. I'll. I mean, it goes without an iota of of 
uh, of discussion. In fact, I was sitting with, I, I was speaking to a, to a very senior official at a skill development uh, corporation, uh, you know, in, in India, which is very well known. And he had highlighted, you know, that a lot of people would be losing their jobs and, you know, multiple things would be happening. This was well in the first week of April, I think. Yes. First week of April, I was listening to all these things. And at that time, I was working on another startup, you know, which is basically that since I was not seeing a lot of a lot of viability for my particular business because catering was shut. It was yes. shut for those, yes. for those uh, 25 days. So I thought, like I said, you know, of of shifting from Night Gourmet as a brand because Night Gourmet is typically perceived as a large, large as event hospitality brand. So yes. we don't, we never say that we're a catering company, we're an event hospitality company because we, you know, our USP is that if you see a large event at a stadium, there are three kinds of hospitality, which is the VIP lounge catering, the crew catering or yes. the support staff, which is there, and the food courts. Mm. We are the only company in the country who manages all three for a lot uh -huh. of people. That's why we changed the term from catering to event hospitality. Now, why we wrote this book was because I was building SOPs for that particular company just because we were trying to build a concept around the OYO for catering. You know, that was yes. the whole, whole concept that you build standardization, you build all of that. And the other aspect was that in my last six to seven years of actually studying this, this business, I've been a learner all my life and I've just, I just enjoy reading books. And you would, you would be surprised to see there's not even a single book, single Indian book around the catering business anywhere across, which can tell you a step-by-step -step process for how you can start a catering business without any yes. prior background in the hospitality industry. There's not even a single book. Of course, there were there were one or two books in the US, but like I said, there was nothing in the Indian or the Indian subcontinent per yes. se. And in the US also, the language is so different. Like what we call a, a chef in dish here is very different from what they call uh -huh. it there. Right? Okay. So it's it's a very different kind of a overall. And and like I said, I thought since we are right, we are making all these SOPs. Why don't we convert this into a book? And that is that is the time I was just trying to write because when I was making these SOPs and I was doing the typing myself. When I was doing all of this, because I had nothing to do. I mean, my entire team was looking at me. Sir, can you come like it? Irrespective. But but irrespective, what happened was that during that particular point in time, that I got that that free that, that free time. And in the six to seven days, I wrote a manuscript which was fifty to sixty thousand words. Sixty thousand words is a lot of words. Sixty thousand words is typically approximately 200, 200 pages, yes. 200, 250 pages typically. Yes. Now and let me tell you, in my first draft, I had written a, for, for a lack of a better word, I had written a pathetic book. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I sent it to one, the first editor, you know, he literally sent the book back to me. He's like, I can't do it. Not <laughs> in the kind of money which you're offering me. Because like I said, I had no other option, right? You know, I thought, this, I mean, this much, this much content if I created, I need to give it a good, good structure. That's when I went through a series of editing, you know, two, three, two, two, three rounds of editing, you know, I had done. And that's why that's when the book took its final final uh, final shape. shape yes. And you know what the motivation was, uh, uh, Aryan? I'll be very honest. The motivation was the the fact and the power of one. Something I keep sharing. And what is the power of one? That's an idea to share, and that's something which a lot of people should really think about. I just thought in my mind during that particular point in time that even if one person benefits from this book. I have done my job. Let it be. Screw the world. Because, you know, I mean, had I not done that, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, if you start thinking that the book can become a bestseller, you know, just just keeping, you know, and I am a novice, you know. I mean, otherwise, what I would have, what, something I've learned from Gary Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, Gary V. I mean, for the best matter. Yes. Perfection, perfection is a myth. Perfection is the biggest myth in the world. Whatever you have in mind, just put it out there and let the world decide. <laughs> and that's True. when this book, you know, after you know, so I wrote the manuscript in like less than five to six days. But okay. the book actually, with the editing and all of that, it took two months to come out. You know, okay. it's, it's so funny. April is when, when you know, I had written this book in like five to six days, and the editors took around two months to edit the book. So that <laughs> is the kind of time it would have taken. Yes. But like I said, I had just put out the book. You know, I mean, so when I shared about the book, I just shared out with the world just to get some people for something called advanced review copies. Ki kuch logo se review le le, feedback le le, ki book kaise ja rahi hai. And that's why you know we had basically put all at uh, the same time we had we had listed the book on Amazon also. You won't believe I was taken aback that in that uh, during the launch launch process, you know, and I my only objective was like I said, book nikal diye. Ek bande ko bhi benefit mile to mujhe koi dikkat nahi bhi. You know, it's not it's not feeding my it's not putting food on food food on my table. Yes. But like I said, it is it is something which I'm doing for my own interest. And I just shared that link with with a couple of friends, with around thirty or forty friends I shared, and they eventually happened to buy it. With those thirty forty books, the book started becoming viral. I think you know there's some algorithm at the back end. And within twelve hours, I mean I was taken aback. I had sold like a massive volume. I was number one on 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 the industries, uh, you know, the paid column of yes. industries, business, and and you know I mean yes. multiple other columns. Yes. And I was just taken aback. How is this possible? And that is one day when I realized. that guys perfection is a myth whatever you have in your mind and i think i think what i was thinking in my mind because the topic was i mean i think which worked in my favor that catering your way to financial independence the title was was very powerful in itself yes. and a lot of people wanted to learn about that business because this is a very cost efficient business in itself and nobody had tried it so the moment the book went in and the kind of sales today you know i think around 5000 people have read the book Yes. and i don't think so it would have been possible you know in like less than 3 months for a no, for for a nobody you know relatively and the book is selling i mean i you know we are selling around close to around i think 20 books a day which is a very good number you know relatively yes, yes. anywhere in the in the self published category per se but like i said it all started with the with the thought and the concept of power of one that if your content can even even help one person or add value to one person might as well do it it is part of building your legacy you know so that's it you know i mean so that's the first part of your question that that's how the book was started and that's how you know i told you the entire story because i really love telling this story because this is <laughs> yes. one of the one of those things jahan kehte na humne kuch try nahi kiya in fact there's a there's a there's a course which i just launched on on udemy you know which was basically from my from my webinars you know which i'm doing right now you won't believe i have 450 people who who checked out the free course <laughs> in less than what 6 to 7 days okay. you know that's the power of internet You know where else do you get you know get to see this kind of democratization yes. of data and content? Jhampur, you could be download online online. Or I'm not saying that I invested into very very. In fact, do you remember the call I had given you? Yes, a yes, yes. That just yes. to understand you know things. Yeah. But from that day to today, I've understood the internet is the most weird thing in the world. <laughs> Why? Because you don't understand. You put an effort towards creating a lot of content. The podcast is being is among top among top ten in the in the world because it's a niche. Understand? Yes. Catering is a niche. So if anyone can build his content around a particular niche, it's, it's a big market. So that's what that's that's the learning I've taken. That's how I started the book. Any questions on that? More than happy to answer. 
coming to the second part of your of your of your question, which is how someone who's a budding budding F&B entrepreneur uh, start a catering business. So, like I said, catering is one of the most capital in, uh, capital efficient and capital light business which anyone can get into. You can start with as as a fifty thousand rupees, and it is the business where you can make money from day one. You know that's the beauty of that particular business. But like I said, you have to read everything step by step. You know, I always say when you are starting a business, the first thing you need to figure out is where will you get your first customer from. If you if you figure out your first customer where you will get it, get it from, even though I've shared a lot of details uh-huh. in the book about that, but the entire backend. I have shared in the book, step by step, just so that to, tomorrow you want to start your own catering business, it will be a cakewalk for you. It will be a cakewalk for you, and I can yes. assure you that because I have received mess- mails from like Poland, from Belarus, people messaging me. You know, I mean, loved your book, and I was wondering <laughs> how did you get the book? But the power of Amazon Kindle, you know, Amazon yes. Kindle is out of the world. But the the, the irony with them is that they, they don't share the data with you, so you don't True. really know. But people are mailing me from from nowhere, and I'm just taken aback. But like I said, anyone who wants to start an F&B business, catering is one of the best niche. In fact, cloud kitchen is a big niche right now. Yes. Cloud kitchen. Yes. It's a big niche, and I think a hybrid of both can really work out well. Yes. But like I said, if you really want to start a catering business, this book you should genuinely go through. Figure out your first customer, and the rest this book will help you out um, with in a step-by-step format. Um, yeah. um, like cloud catering is a pretty industry interesting business that has business model which has pop- become very popular recently, right? Yeah. And uh, it is very like you know uh, useful for like students, like especially college students because it is basically very low investment as well, right? Mm. So yeah. can you yeah. share a little bit about what? Cloud cloud catering actually entails, and a little bit about your masterclass as well, so that in case someone wants to enroll or give it a try, they could. So yeah, first of all, it's 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 called cloud kitchen. So cloud, cloud kitchen, kitchen is a different okay. model, and catering is a different different concept. Catering okay. is hardcore B two B. you know, catering is when you're catering for uh, when you're when you're servicing people about five to ten packs, fifteen packs, okay, or uh, going up to whatever whatever thousands of numbers. Which you see typically at your offices, conferences, weddings, and so on and so forth. Yes. And cloud kitchen is basically what is happening right now, which are which are kitchens, what are what are operating on a Zomato, Swiggy, which are faceless kitchens, which are you know which are basically uh, you know I mean like I said uh, you know they they're like restaurants without without a face. Okay. You know they they're like internet first first restaurants. And like I said, it's a it's a really upcoming trend, which is like. Supposed to grow five times in the next five years. It's the fastest growing industry in the country, even though food industry is going through its worst time. But all the restaurants are shifting towards that. Even the Hyatt's and the uh, and the Taj of the world are shifting towards cloud kitchen. So, like I said, that that's that's a big niche. Like I said, catering and cloud kitchen are two two specific niche in the entire food business ecosystem where people can start their business in as less as fifty thousand rupees. And the upper limit is nothing, you know. Upper limit, there's no end, end to upper limit. But fifty thousand, you can start your business with. You don't need any prior background in the F&B business because nowadays, what has happened is that everything, you know, I mean, so we we run a masterclass internally, wherein which and a and a mastery program, wherein which we tell you in a step by step format how you can create your recipes, how you pick up your location, how do you do marketing and sales, and how you eventually do uh, all sort of activations, you know, what what you want to do around your business, how do you launch your brand. So everything we share in that process. So it's a it's a relatively very cost efficient business, and it's working very well in this time of pandemic because nobody's going going towards restaurants. 
because you know nobody wants to enter a restaurant right people want to eat at the comfort of the restaurant uh, of their homes itself so yeah i mean like i said catering and cloud kitchen are two one of the most profitable and the best niche which is really working out in the market right now so yeah that's pretty much about it wow so uh zaimbang just mentioned that it, this was a very knowledgeable stream and i totally agree like the stream the last one and a half hour have been jam packed with a lot of knowledge about how you can maximize your time in college and really get its worth how the kind of mistakes people make with their venture startups how you could choose your team your co-founders how you can get into fnb the problems the struggles the growth that you can see in fnb and so much more and we ended up with um, some personal resources that even manveer sir has put out like his book catering your way to financial independence um his master class on cloud kitchen and also his podcast about catering so all of these resources are available for you guys to check out if you know because a lot of you are in college and um you know this is the right time to actually start up with your own ventures so if you have any interest in fnb and even if you just want to learn about such businesses you can give them a try yes sir so thank you so much for coming today this was delightful and and, and yes. just one one quick point anyone you know we keep doing a lot of these ask me anything kind of sessions on my insta uh, instagram yes. so if anyone has any any questions you know just just drop in a quick dm and we are more than happy to to drop you off. i mean i'm just not really active since last couple of days but like i said anyone has any queries just reach out to me like i said if you start a food food business at any point in time do give me a shout out it's a lot of good karma which i'm looking at generating and that's pretty much about it you know yes, that's, yes. that's it i have i have attached manveer sir's uh, instagram handle the instagram handle to night gourmet uh his linkedin is linkedin his twitter everything has been mentioned in a description below so you can go click on it and uh, follow him there and you know connect with him there's a lot of knowledge to be gained from him and he mentioned something about the importance of guidance or mentorship at this age when you're just starting out and if you want to get into fnb you could probably never find someone uh <laughs> more knowledgeable than manveer sir here many so. more knowledgeable people and i'm just trying to live my mission <laughs> <laughs>